I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. I now know the role that my own codependent tendencies played in creating this match. This match that I was convinced was made in heaven. This match that I truly believed was perfect. This match that was such a disaster. This match that nearly destroyed my own health and the lives of my boys. I realize now how much my own background played a part in all of this. How that very background could so easily cause me to repeat this pattern like so many do. So many victims leave one abusive relationship and walk directly into another one. I get asked so often, how do I break this cycle of toxic relationships? Start by looking not at those that you are with, but instead look directly at yourself. Your own tendencies, your own survival skills, your own reactions, your own expectations, your own boundaries or lack thereof. Let's look at you. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Today we are talking about codependency and how it led you directly into the hands of a narcissist. Now I want to be very clear here. I am not in any way, shape, or form excusing the behavior of anyone who is abusive, emotionally, verbally, mentally, physically, any of that. I am not blaming you, the victim, for anything that happened. But I do know that there are certain tendencies in us that can easily cause us to fall prey to narcissistic people and can easily cause us to be trapped in a cycle of abusive relationship one after another. That, those are the issues. These are the issues that I want to address today. I was raised in a strict Christian home. In fact, I'm a preacher's kid. And from a very young age, I was taught to put others before myself. Everyone else's needs, desires, feelings mattered, but not my own. My desires were of the world. I was taught that, you know, these are desires that are selfish and that they should be pushed away. My own needs, I was taught taught not to worry about my needs because, you know, God would provide and, and so don't worry about your own needs. My feelings, they certainly didn't matter because faith in God fixed everything. And so any negative feelings simply meant that my faith was not strong enough and that I needed to fix that. So negative feelings, you know, when I had them, I then felt guilty. I had to, I, I blamed myself for not having enough faith. And then on top of that, I definitely couldn't voice them because then other people would, would determine that I did not have enough faith. And, and I want to say here that I truly believe that those around me meant well. 
I do. I believe they were trying to instill compassion and, and caring for other people. And these are good traits to teach. And, you know, here today, I truly value my genuine care for other people. I am able to put my own needs aside when necessary to care for someone who might be in more dire need right at this moment. And I do greatly value this. However, upon entering a relationship, this definitely did not serve me well. I had no idea how to care for my own needs. I didn't know how to voice them. I didn't even really even know how to acknowledge them. And, and so it was like, I, I didn't even know that they were there. And my sole purpose for existing was to meet the needs of other people. It was a purpose that I really, truly took to heart. I was really good at it. I was, I was really good at caring for other people. And I received a lot of validation from it. And so I thought, you know, well, that's meeting my needs. My need is to uh, care for other people. And so I am meeting my needs. And I, I truly believed this. This made a great fit for my covert narcissistic husband. You see, as a covert narcissist, he had many needs. And I could spend a lifetime then feeding my codependent tendencies. I just didn't realize this. I did not know it. And as you probably know, since you are here today, at some point, you actually run out of the ability to care for them. It's like at some point, you just reach the end of your rope. Your ability to, to keep giving runs out. You know, from before we were married, he used to tell me regularly that he was not worthy of me. He would say, you know, I'm so, I'm so bad. I'm so unworthy of you. And every time this triggered a reaction in me and I would say, no, baby, that's not true at all. I think you're wonderful. And I would follow this with telling him all the things that I saw that were so wonderful about him. That single statement from him of I'm not worthy of you. It fueled my desire to meet his emotional needs. It fueled it like crazy. I had to help his self-esteem and I had to build him up. This was a great deal for him. This is what causes it to be such a magnet for narcissistic people. Because we are so determined to build them up and to, and to support their self-esteem and so convinced that that will help them. And we get validation when we do lift them up, when we lift other people up. He would be the one to get all this attention. And that was a huge boost to his ego, his self-esteem, his need for, you know, for feeding. We talk about the false self of narcissism all the time. That false image has to be fed constantly. And so this did. This was a huge boost to that. You know, I read in a book called Psychopath Free. And if, if you've not read that, you definitely need to read that. Uh, it's a great book. And it talks about this. And it talks about when you're recovering from emotionally abusive relationships with toxic people. And one of the things is how uh, we just spend all of our time focused on their needs. I was so good at carrying all the responsibility for everything in the marriage. And I took it as my job to make sure that he was never angry, but always happy. I'll be the first to admit now that that was such an unhealthy approach to marriage. I realize it now. I did not realize it then. I'm going to give you a rather personal example of how extreme my mindset was to really get you to understand, because I feel like maybe some of you are there too. I felt that it was my responsibility to make sure that we had sex often, 
that was part of my duty, if you would say, as a wife. I could never say no. And in fact, I had to often initiate it so that he felt desired. And this was all for the purpose of keeping him happy. I felt overwhelmingly guilty any time that I didn't feel like it or I just didn't want to. And that guilt, I, I you know, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, I can't stand that guilty feeling of, of letting someone down or disappointing someone. That's that codependent tendency. And so I so badly wanted to always make sure that, that he felt desired and felt happy. And I never let it show if it was a time that I didn't feel like it. I would still give in. I would still play the part. And I always showed that I wanted it and enjoyed it. Well, in uh, the early years of our marriage, I had surgery. And the surgery involved uh, female organs. It was a surgery for endometriosis. And shortly after surgery, I'm actually in the hospital bed. And, and one of the thoughts, I'll never forget this. One of the thoughts in my head was, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to you know, be with him intimately for a while. I'm, I, he's going to need it. And I've got to be able to recover quickly so that I can fulfill his needs. And, and here I am in a hospital bed recovering from surgery, still focused on his needs. And with a room full of people, like it was my husband, his parents, my parents, when the nurse came in and, and was asking if I had any questions, they were about to release me from the hospital. She wanted to know if I had any questions. And I actually asked her, when can I be intimate with my husband again? And I know this was not because I was eager to engage in sexual activity. It was because I felt that need to fulfill his need, if that makes sense. My role as a wife was to fulfill his needs and I was grabbing for that validation. I felt guilty and inadequate if I could not do this for him. And it didn't matter that it was for medical reasons. That was beside the point. And the nurse simply chuckled and said, well, why don't you wait till your follow-up visit with your doctor? And I quickly became actually quite embarrassed at my question, but it goes to show you how extreme my mindset was. In my life as a new wife, and then soon to be as a young mother, my intense ability to feel guilty about things that were not my job or my fault became really extreme. The house isn't clean. I felt guilty. He was unhappy. I felt guilty. He gained weight. I felt guilty. What? How am I the one to blame because he's gaining weight? And in my mind, I justified it saying, well, I'm not doing a good enough job keeping him active and I should come up with ways for him to stay active. What? How is this on me? You know, he's spending too much time on electronics. I felt guilty. He doesn't have a good relationship with his boys, his own children. I felt guilty. He fussed at the kids. I felt guilty. The boys are spending too much time on electronics. I felt guilty. The boys are not getting along with each other right now. I felt guilty. On and on and on my list goes. Since when did all of this become my fault? And if you're living this way too, how is this all your fault? I might as well have been apologizing for my very existence. Now, my actions within the household lined up with all this guilt. When the kids were playing too loud, I would fuss at them for their volume level. Not because I thought they were too loud, but because I didn't want them to experience the anger from their father. I felt that this was my responsibility. I didn't think they were playing too loud. But if I didn't fuss at them, he would, and then I would feel guilty for not quieting my kids soon enough. When he was playing games on his computer all evening, and I tell you, when I say all evening, I mean all evening, I would go into his office and constantly invite him to come out and do various things with the family. 
and I would rack my brain to come up with activities that would allow him to feel included with his family. I took this responsibility to heart. If he was in his office playing games, it was entirely my fault for not being a good enough wife and a good enough mother. When he stopped exercising, he started putting on weight. Well, guess what? It became my job to fix this. I tried to come up with physical activities we could do together. And when he, when he got bored, as he quickly would do, I would be back to work on finding a different activity we could do together. On and on it went over all these years. And, and he, you know, he was no good at finding and keeping hobbies, productive hobbies. And so that's when he'd go back to the gaming. He would always go back to the gaming. And I, it was my job, clearly, you know, to fix this. So I went through all these hobbies. You know, well, maybe let's get into photography because I knew he had some interest in that in the back. And let's get into the photography. And I would look into all the groups and find him a course he could take and buy the equipment, researching all of this, just trying to get him involved. I looked up chess groups. You know, I purchased different different books for him. And none of this worked. I wore myself out trying to get him involved in the hobbies. I would end up involved with him and he would do it for a while and then he'd give up. There were so many evenings that I would return home from my various activities and find the tension in the house so thick that you could cut it with a knife. The boys would be upset and angry. And he, you know, my husband would act like there was nothing wrong. Like, hey, how are you doing? And of course, then he never heard my answer. He'd just move right on. But I heard so many stories uh, from my boys, you know, many years later. And I know that that their childhood, when I was not at home, I know that things were rough with their father. And, and so during their childhood, as this ugly side of their father became more and more apparent to me, I became less willing to leave the boys home alone with him, at least not for any length of time. I didn't go out on, on weekend trips with my girlfriends, you know, a, a girl's weekend out. No, I wouldn't even take a dinner out. You know, I wouldn't go on retreats with the church or with, with my martial arts family. I wouldn't do it. And it simply became my role in life to be the peacemaker and protector of my children. And I know many of you are living that way. At least when I was home with them, I was able to be a buffer. I was able to, to help them to process what was going on. And it was a role I took extremely seriously. I was simply not willing to let these boys internalize all of this negative energy. Was this a sacrifice? Yes. Of course it was. And there were times that I wanted to just go be an adult. I wanted to go be with my friends. I wanted to go do things. And was it worth the price? Absolutely and 100%. The relationship I have with my boys is priceless and it's worth more to me than anything else. I would do it all over again. But what I'm trying to kind of show you here is how everything became my job. Everything. Did I give more than my fair share in this relationship? Absolutely. Did I care for his needs, tend to his feelings, fulfill his desires while all the time abandoning myself? Definitely. This is where I'm talking about it becomes codependency. These are codependent traits. And I finally realized it. I finally reached a point of desperate exhaustion that I had to get help. If I did not, I would not have survived mentally, emotionally, psychologically, physically. I had to get help. So where am I today? I am three years out of this marriage. I have had no other relationships at this point. Maybe someday, but I've not been ready to. 
I have spent the time completely devoted to myself, to my needs, to my desires, to my feelings. I am finding me like never before. If you are going from one toxic relationship to another, please hear what I'm saying. Get out of that dating scene for a while. Take a step away from it. Learn to care for yourself for a change. Care for your needs. Listen to your feelings. Fulfill some of your desires. I have found that young girl inside of me. That girl that felt like it was her job to care for everyone else. That girl that felt like that her needs didn't matter. In fact, her needs were selfish and wrong. That girl that, that felt like her feelings didn't matter because, because her feelings meant that her faith wasn't strong enough. That's not true. Feelings are, are allowed to happen. Feelings are because of how we're, we're feeling and thinking inside of us. And there is nothing wrong with feelings, whether they are negative or positive. I have made a commitment now to that little girl inside of me that she no longer has to do all of that. She no longer has to care for everyone else's needs. Everyone else is responsible for themselves. I made a commitment to her that I would meet her needs. Yes, I still do things to help my friends and family when they are in need. I will never change that about myself. But now my needs matter too. And, and as I would go to a friend in need and I ask them, you know, if I have a friend in need and I, I would go to them and say, hey, what do you need? You know, talk to me about how you're feeling. Open up to me. What's going on in your mind and, and in your world? I would say that to a friend. Well, now I say that to the young girl inside of me. How are you feeling today? What are you thinking? You know, what's your heart telling you about what's going on here? Tell me how you are. I'm here for you. What do you need today? I strongly encourage you be that specific with talking to that little, that little person inside of you, whether you are, are male or female, that little person inside of you, find your needs, find your desires, find your feelings, listen to them, care for them. You will get better at this the more you do it. And this creates a healthier you, which is a center, a healthier center then that can go back into a dating relationship, go back into a dating world without carrying all those codependent tendencies of, oh no, I got to care for their needs. And oh, I can't have any of my own needs. And all these, this dance that happens between a codependent and a narcissist. It's time to stop these cycles of toxic relationships. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. I want to invite each and every one of you to join us on Patreon. Patreon is a membership site. It's the price of one cup of coffee. You get a whole month's worth of information and materials for one, the price of one cup of coffee. In that membership, you get access to all of my early writings and all of the things that I'm putting out there, the resources, the podcast all show up on there, any, um, any worksheets and handouts and all of these things. You also get uh, the Tidbits of Revelations, which is a, a semi-weekly release of information where information that will help you to keep your clarity as you're going through this journey, trying to find, trying to make sense out of what's been going on in your world. These little tidbits of information will help you to keep your thoughts clear. You go back to them anytime you want and, and read on the ones that, that just really, truly register with you. I hope you will come join us on Patreon. It's www patreon.com forward slash covert narcissism.